0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now. For Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. (laughs)
1: Hello! Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> Day of love. Day of love and hearts. Actually, well, I'm not... Okay, I'm going to. You know it was when St. Valentine was massacred and killed or something, wasn't it? Isn't it? I mean, there was a St. Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago, yes, but wasn't there was. it about like, the, the saint that was killed? I don't know. I have no idea. Let me just put the kibosh on that love right now. I don't know. Isn't that the... Isn't that... Whatever.
2: I uh, hope you're eating chocolate and drinking champagne. You know what I said said to my husband? I said, oh gosh, it's Valentine's Day coming up. Just don't get me anything, please. I don't need anything. He's like, okay, I haven't got you anything. (laughs) I was like, great. Okay, I haven't got you anything either. And then we just looked at each other and went, oh my gosh, is this what it's come to? Yeah,
1: that's what it's come to. How long have you been married?
2: 13 years. 14, May the 15th. That's a long time to be with somebody. I know.
1: Well, it's okay. I did actually get Sean something. Um, he hasn't gotten it quite yet. He'll get it tonight when I get home from our podcast. But, um, I found, I got him goofy things, but I found this mug and I got to take a picture. I'm going to take a picture and I'll send it to you and maybe we can get it up on the podcast tonight when this goes up. It's a mug and it's a picture of a dog and it's got, it's a Snoop dog. And it's an actual dog with the Snoop braids and the hair. It's kind of weird, funny. That's what it's come to with. Um, it's, it's a mug. It's a coffee mug. <laughs> you put, pull- is that a sign you, of love? You, you
2: bought him a coffee mug for Valentine's <laughs> Day. Is that oh bad? Oh my gosh! If I bought my husband a coffee mug for Valentine's Day. You got him nothing! <laughs> nothing is better than a coffee mug. Really? To so snoop
1: down. <laughs> no! I'm, it's not it st- It's a nice mug. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm gonna send you the picture of the mug. <laughs> you're gonna see. I think you're just jet lagged, tired, and happy. She's in a, a fit of. <laughs> oh, yeah, I he am so jet. He likes coffee. Jet-lagged.
2: He likes coffee. All right, so I can't. Please, yes, take a picture of Sean <laughs> with his little Snoop Dogg coffee mug Valentine's Day gift. I think you great. I am so jet lagged from Ireland, so that's why I think I'm a bit punch drunk. It's good. How was it? How was oh, your trip? Oh, it's just beautiful. That that's that country. Is stunning. Yeah. It is stunning and the people are so warm and, you know, because we're filming in some pretty incredible places and you have to get permission and all that. And, um, when you're, when you're filming on location, you've got to go through the, the councils and mm-hmm. get all your insurance <laughs> and get permission for filming and this and that. <laughs> and, uh, so there is this particular place that we were filming that I had to get permission that we had to, to get permission to film in and, normally it is that you you know you apply for it and you get from the council from whatever body you're going to whatever building you're going to they will give you some paperwork and um you know you have to go through this whole sort of bureaucracy this whole stuff to get permission to film in certain places anyway <laughs> this one place we were filming the lady says and please for- forgive my terrible irish accent <laughs> but i love irish accent so much she's like well, be sure to um, contact the priest of the village, and he will announce your presence at mass on Saturday and Sunday. So that was our permission. Oh, that he, the priest. <laughs> I had to call Father F- Flaherty. Of Father, course, I said, Father. Father, Flaherty. Father can um, we want to film in this place? And can can we film? <laughs> I just went Irish. I said, <laughs> Father, we'd like to film in a certain area, and um, we've been asked by the council to tell you so that you can announce it at mass on Saturday and Sunday. Is it? Oh, child, <laughs> great! He said, lovely, lovely. Have a fabulous time. I hope you and your film crew have good weather. I shall announce. So he goes. Saturday and Sunday at Mass to announce our presence there. No, nice. The landowners of the land and the property that we're going to be filming on so that everyone knows that we're there.
1: That, well, that's a, well, that's a very efficient way of doing it, you know, to go through red tape and paperwork. No, you don't. Think about but, how life would be so much easier if I mean, everybody did. If that hey. was like that in New York. Hey, I'm filming down here. Yes, exactly. But see, you know what? They didn't want money.
2: No, they didn't want That's money. That's the difference. Because no. normally
1: it's like we need money,
2: we want money. That's no. You film up. in New York. You're caught. you thousands and thousands, thousands of dollars, but <laughs> nothing. It's so beautiful there. It is so beautiful. You'll go back in time, and not just the houses, but the scenery, the mm-hmm. mountains, the beaches. The if only the weather was a bit better. We had a pretty great weather, I have to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's stunning I, that's it I'm speechless I'm <laughs> a jet lag speechless
1: there. so going back to father Flat, flattery
2: Fla- oh O'Flaherty oh flarity oh flarity oh flarity. Oh, flarity. oh child you're
1: not Catholic are you no I'm not because I'm a little confused I'm Jewish I didn't know the pope could resign
2: I didn't know the pope could resign I but apparently shocked. first pope in 600 years isn't it? 700 700 years but so here's
1: the deal like your, God, your boss is God so <laughs> how do you say I guess because there's really no one above you so is it an abdication and is it allowed? I mean, I thought this is like the job you get for life. Like you I think so,
2: but then he said and in his defense, he said it's just because he was f- he's very frail. Well, he, he can't he, he can't carry out his
1: office. He does have a pacemaker. They finally said he had a pacemaker put in. Oh, I understand that completely, but you know, Pope John Paul II wasn't the most mobile pope in the end
2: anyway, but
1: anyway, that Where was just my that? confusion. I was I learned something new this week that you can resign
2: from this, the big house. this has been a crazy week because, of course, mm-hmm. whilst I was in, over in Ireland, hearing all about the horrendous storms on the East Coast. I and know. if you've been affected by them, my heart goes out to you. Three feet of snow. I cannot believe the pictures I'm seeing. Yeah, it's
1: amazing. Although, they, you know, they knew it was coming. And the good thing is that with a storm like that versus like what happened in the southeast in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, when a tornado oh. comes through and you don't get any warning. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy weather. Let me tell you, I was out in, a, well, I was in Chicago um, a couple weeks ago, and um, the high was four, and the low was 17. <laughs> it was Ooh. like, I know, how do people live like this? Although, I did grow up like that, you just forget. And then, um, so it was nice, and it did snow when I was there. And um, then last week, talk about crazy, I'm in Los Angeles, and there's that crazy cop killer on the loose story while I was there, so it was just you know, what is this world coming to? It's, it's, it is insane. I know. But the weather for sure is freaky weird. It is freaky weird. It? I know. I'm just hoping that we have a, a mild, gentle spring. But, um, and isn't it weird We're- that Puxatani Phil did not see a shadow and they go, oh, six more weeks of winter. And then General Lee, or he did see a shadow and it's going to be an early spring or whatever. I might got that wrong, but.
2: So is that weird? Is that Groundhog Day? Yeah. That is Groundhog Day. Here's the thing,
1: and this is what my husband Sean says. He goes, you know, you know, here's all these people that were like, oh, we got to do this with the economy. We got to do this with, you know, Korea. We got to do this. And then these are the same people making the decisions that are also saying, and what does the big rat say about the weather? (laughs) Like, what? I don't get
2: that. Like, that's what we
1: do. Americans
2: are very strange. We are crazy. Of course, British people aren't strange at all. No,
1: no. You just parade dogs around (laughs) and say, let's clap for them and vote for them and
2: brush them and, See them stand. You're talking about the Westminster Kennel Club show. I am. What's That's an American on? thing too. I know the Kennel Club began in England. Mm-hmm. You've got the American Kennel Club. Yeah. Yes, actually. Yes. Um, so I love it. I love watching it. You
1: do? Yes. I think it's cool. Today, this guy, I can't remember the name of the dog that won Best in Breed for the Doberman was beautiful.
2: They, look. And there's a lot of people that don't like dog shows and there's there's breeders. I mean, some of those dogs, some of those breeds, and we've talked about it before, are very compromised with the way they're bred. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went to Westminster Dog Show last year, I had a lot of people saying, why did you go there? Because I'm big into rescue. But I also celebrate the beauty of breeds, mm-hmm. of of different breeds of dogs. And I celebrate... Breeders who breed for the love of the breed, not to make money, but for the love of the breed and the betterment of the breed. What I don't celebrate are those backyard breeders, mm-hmm. are those people that do puppy mills, you know, line breeding, and puppy mills, and all that. I don't celebrate that, um, and some... I don't like that. But that—that's—and sometimes there's a crossover. There is a crossover, mm-hmm. and you can't deny it. I just don't. I mean, if we don't breed any dogs, there aren't going to be any dogs for us. Well, will be a lot of mutts. But, you know, a lot of those dogs are so well taken care of. They live better than I do. They that, And that's what I was... You know, I've been to Crufts a lot, which is the British equivalent, mm-hmm. except it's much larger. It's about four, the size of four Madison Square Gardens. Yeah. Crufts in, in and that, that goes on in March. But... That's what surprised me, is I thought I was going to go to Westminster and meet a lot of snotty, hoity-toity kind of Mm -hmm. people and that wouldn't let me touch any of their their dogs or wouldn't want to speak to me. Oh my gosh, people were so friendly, Mm -hmm. so willing to talk about their dogs, so passionate. That's their life. That's what they live for. And these dogs do. I would say, you know, a lot of them do have incredible lives. Yeah, some of the long-coated breeds are very sad that they're kept in cages and crates Mm. and Not allowed to be dogs, but for those, I met a lot of great breeders there. So sometimes part of me goes, "Yes, I like the Westminster Kennel Club show," and then other part of me goes, "There's some breeders out there that are just plain bad." It's and it's it's
1: an education too. I remember going, and what's the what's the dog that looks like a lamb? And it's the softest. Bedlington Terrier. Oh my god, the Bed those dogs are really cool looking, and I'd never seen one in my life. Until a couple of years ago, Sean and I went to a local dog show. We just happened to see it. We pulled off the road and said, hey, let's go in. And it was the coolest dog. It was really sweet, and the owner was great. The owner's like, sure, come, you know, and the dog, like, practically sat in your lap. It was so cute. So I did learn. I I actually walked around and learned a lot about, and I have a coonhound rescue. He's a mutt, but I learned a lot about coonhounds in general, about the breed that I didn't even know. And um, what's really cool, too, is I guess this year there's two new breeds, um, the Russell Terrier, which is like the Jack Russell Terrier and the Treeing Walker coon hound. I love that. It looks like a jacked up beagle, but I'm proud of, I'm proud that a hound, another hound is in the, uh, in the
2: competition. Could you imagine Barnsley at the Westminster Dog Show? Oh, God, oh, my no. my gosh.
1: That would be like inviting someone into Animal House. <laughs> like it would be destroyed. Like he would be beyond himself. Cashmere, meanwhile, would, you know, wee, be making friends <laughs> with everybody and. But um it's really cool. So I cannot wait to see who's best in show. And the Westminster Dog Show reminds me of uh the movie Best in Show. Oh, which I love. Yeah. If you haven't
2: seen it, best see movie. it. Best yes. Because it's just awesome. Yes. And very funny. Awesome. Um, now, there was a story, Tonic. The human-looking dog. Have you seen a picture of this dog? I have. I saw him on your Facebook page, I think, or wherever. It doesn't look human to me. Oh, really? Wait, I think it's because it, I mean, I guess he does a little bit. His mouth, especially. We'll put a picture up and see what you think. Let us know. I didn't think that he, he looked looks human. kind of human.
1: Maybe in He's person because, like for instance, my cousins have this dog, Oliver, and this dog to me, this dog kind of looks human. It's hard. I have a picture here. It's hard to tell, but. It's the way he looked at me. You can't tell it from a photo, but I think it's. I don't think right. it looked like a human. He's a
2: poodle Shih Tzu mix. He's up for adoption in in Indiana. What I'm sure after the stories being a written about him that he's a Shih Tzu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would be very upset calling him a Shih <laughs> Tzu. Anyway, he's up for adoption, so um, he's he a cute of- little fella. It'd
1: be kind of freaky. Here's my dog. He looks like a human. <laughs> right. What are you looking at?
2: Oh, we have to announce the big dog contest winner. I just have to tell you dogs oh. and humans.
1: Like I used to have a dog, <laughs> Dakota, my big yellow lab, and I swear to God he was part human or something because it doesn't matter where I was in the house. But when I changed clothes, he was right there watching really? and it freaked me out. I would have to close my bedroom door to change clothes because that dog could be anywhere and he would just stare.
2: Really? So I'm telling
1: you. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little reincarnated
2: Frank Sinatra (laughs) or something in there. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: (laughs) So, uh, yes, our big dog. Thank you so much for sending in all your great pictures. There were some awesome pictures there. Thank you. We've chosen a winner. And it's just adorable. And it's not because it's a chocolate lab. And it's not because it's got my name. Holly. (laughs) Well, maybe. It's the expression on this dog's... Well, you can't really sort of see the mouth because there's just a big, huge (laughs) ball in front of it. But it's so what labs do yeah. uh, that I just, it kind of <clears throat> warmed my heart.
1: And it's just the look at it. And, you know, me with dogs and, and toys, it means you're not chewing up the carpeting or it's chewing a toy appropriate
2: yeah. thing. Gorgeous. Yes. Eight years old, Little Holly, um, owned by Janet Dicker. Congratulations. So she got a signed copy of your new book yes she does
1: and you know just in fairness then we should have a small dog contest don't you think yes I think so okay so send small dog photos send it to podcasts at positively.com send it to podcasts at positively.com send us your small dog pictures and we'll pick a winner and you'll get an autograph signed book from Victoria yeah Um,
2: yes and just cute
1: funny dog pictures
2: fabulous the American Humane fundraiser on February the 21st I'll be in West Palm Beach nice Oh, I can't wait. Yes. It's Tea with Victoria. Oh. Yes. Come along. You, you, All the money goes to the American Humane Association. This is not the HSUS, the Humane Society of the United States. This is the American Humane S- Association. It is different. And um, come and have tea with me and also learn everything you wanted to know about your dog. Oh, you're West not going to teach people how to um,
1: pour the proper cup of tea?
2: No, I don't drink tea. You
1: don't? No, I'm about the only British person that doesn't. I thought you were supposed to. That was like a national thing. It's inbred in you. Oof.
2: It's part of your never, genetics. I n- never really? liked it. Ugh, oh my gosh. Horrible. I love tea. I'm drinking tea right now. <laughs> if you want to find out more, please go to positively.com slash appearances. Then I'll be in Sweden. I'm noticing a trend.
1: West Palm Beach, Stockholm, Sweden. Do you ever go to like, you know,
2: Disco, Georgia? Disco, Georgia? Yeah, it's right next to hell. <laughs> Seriously. Really? Yeah. No. No, But I'm going so to Sweden. I think I'd choose Sweden more than that. March the sixteenth and seventeenth I'll be there for a seminar. That's a two day seminar. So um if you're listening nice. and you're from Sweden and you're near Stockholm, come and see me. What do you do in your seminars? Oh it's awesome. <coughs> the first day we just every you anything you want to know about your dog, you'll really? know. By the time you finish, by the time you come to my seminar by the time you leave it, you're gonna know everything you want to know about your dog.
1: So it's like you talk about everything. People ask questions. The way so dogs show-
2: think, the way they feel, emotions. Uh, you know, do they feel guilt? Do they feel jealousy? Do they? H- how they experience the world? How they learn about aggression, about separation anxiety, about phobias, about this, about that, blah blah blah. Do you show videos? Love it. Yes, show great videos. I mean, you get to know so much about body language, about how mm. your dog expresses just expresses itself, about how you can communicate with your dog. It's just Brilliant. Awesome. Okay. So um then I will be doing a book signing in Atlanta. March the 27th, Alvaretta oh, nice. at North Point Mall, nice. Barnes & Noble. Okay. I'll be there. And then, of course, my uh, Miami Dog Bite Conference is on April the 26th in Miami, Florida. Please sign up. You can go to positivelycom slash DBC for Dog Bite Conference. Perfect. If you want to get more information, get tickets, come along. And that really is concentrating on how to prevent dog bites, uh, about <clears throat> really going into aggression and why dogs bite. If you're a shelter worker or just, uh, have a dog, you're around dogs Or a rescue,
1: or, f- or a volunteer at a rescue. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, then, you know, please come and hang out. Hang out and-
1: <laughs> Perfect. All right. So all of that's on positively.com. And I'm also going to be in Canada
2: sometime too. Oh. Okay. But I'm going to be in Canada. I'm going to okay. be in Canada in Ontario. Okay. Or is it Ottawa? <laughs> month.
1: We'll let you know. We will, it'll be That's Anyway, in- go
2: to positive.com slash <laughs>
1: appearances and you'll get it all there. Awesome. Now, will you explain to me what this You've been so busy, but what's this, um, Dognition? What is that? Dognition.com. Okay. You kind
2: of mentioned, uh, you were working with it. Yes. Dognition. It? Okay. It's this really cool new, you got to go to the website, Dognition.com. Okay. So it's this sort of whole, well, let me, let me explain. Dognition evaluates your dog's cognition. Mm hmm. And cognition is the way your dog's mind processes the world around it. Mm-hmm. It's how your mind processes the world around you. Mm-hmm. So Dognition evaluates how your dog thinks and it provides a complete picture of your dog's intelligence. So how, how do they know? include skills, abilities that defines who your dog is. And there's a series of, it takes about two hours, mm-hmm. there's a series of tests that that you put your dog through. So you can do it at home. You don't have to go somewhere. Oh, no, no, you do it at home. Oh, great. Okay. And you go on the website <laughs> and it, once you register, it takes you through these series of tests, sort of experiments, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, really kind of detecting how your dog thinks or how it learns or what motivates it or finding your dog's genius. That's what it is. It really begins, yes, don't, with Barnes. Yeah, I, I was know. just thinking
1: um, does not have a genius. Um,
2: and it's fascinating because it's really, it's base, it's behavioral science. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's using what behavioral science has taught us f- and that, that you can use it yourself at home.
1: So then once you sort of take this test with your dog, like you perform this test at home, so it gives you tasks to do and then you sort of enter the information. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Yes. And then they've gotten dog trainers Dog behaviorists scientists phds everybody who studies dogs to sort of analyze what the results would be and what that means yeah it's a
2: co- it's a computer program that will help analyze and then you get a customized plan oh. that you can that that is that is literally customized for your dog right um, and you get that you get a follow-up subscription service you get a whole load of, like, games that your dog would enjoy, that sort of thing. Based on the results yeah. of what
1: you did in this test. Or
2: how the best way to teach your dog so that your dog learns how to do something new. So and it's like with kids. Pretty much. It's like, it's like, it's sort of a Myers-Briggs personality test right. for dogs. Got it. But it's more than that because you can really use what you learn about your dog to enable your dog to learn more efficiently. And engage with your dog, I exactly. would imagine. It, it can really help build the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's the brainchild of Dr. Brian Hare, who is um, Associate Professor of Evolutionary Anthropology at Duke University in North Carolina. And they've got a big dog behavior science do. there, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, the Canine Cognition Center. Mm-hmm. And he would go around and give lots of um, seminars and talks about this mm-hmm. test that he had devised. And he had, I mean, this guy is is amazing with what he's done. And people were saying, well, we would love to do this with our dogs. Mm-hmm. We want to know more about our dogs. Right. And so that's what Dognition is all about. And it's, 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 not that expensive some people say oh uh, that's that's a lot of money it's um
1: was it like 59 dollars or something that's exactly that's, so-
2: that's it but but if you think about what an hour <clears throat> that uh, when you get a trainer to come to your house mm-hmm. for an hour for training is going to be more than that this is this is not expensive for what you get and then if you get this full-up subscription service where whereby you can continue to have great customized plans for your dog i mean it's I I think it's great. I I really do. And with the results,
1: so say I had the results, because I would love to do this on my, what I say is a dumb dog. So I might do it with Barnsley, for instance, and see what's going on with him. So then I get these results, and, you know, I have some issues with him. He's a little dog aggressive. He's got, you know, resource guarding, eating issues. So could I take those results... And then find a VSPDT, a, Vic, a Victoria Stolwell Positively tra- Dog Trainer, and say, here, I did this. And they can help me interpret it if I have major issues. Like with Barnsley, yeah. with the dog aggression, that's a major issue. It,
2: it, it's, it's very exciting for trainers like myself because if you've gone through a dog test, you can give us the results. And we can say, okay, your dog is your dog learns in a certain type of way. So when I get that information, then I can go, okay, I'm going to teach your dog in the way that is going to enable him to learn most efficiently.
1: I might have so, try this with my husband.
2: Can yeah, I make goodness, him do this? <laughs> right. Well, I don't know and if anything would work with Sean. Right, but, I
1: know. No, and, but in seriousness, it, that is a really great tool for people who, or even just like to be honest with you, I would just do it for cashmere just to see how she's thinking. Cause sometimes she looks at me and I'm like, what's going on in your little brain? We
2: Look, there's so much more we need to know about our dogs, how our dogs think, how they feel. You know, you can get certain indications and indicators of, of how they're feeling. But this, this really goes deep into your dog's mind. Mm -hmm. This really helps you understand and then strengthens relationship. And I'm part of the expert panel. I'm very proud to be part of the expert panel. And, um, to help interpret the results Mm -hmm. and be a kind of a a voice because it's, it's right up my alley. This, this is, this is all what I'm about. This is what a lot of my book is about. Right. Understanding your dog.
1: I think that's a great idea. And I think it's going to be a really good, it's going to be a really good tool for people who, are sort of struggling, but you know, feel like I'm at my the end of my rope. All right, well, here's something you can get started with. I think it's a really and like I said, you always tell me that you don't think Barnsley's dumb. I do, but maybe you know. I don't think he is. He's special. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I, I like about when someone this has as the ugly well? dress, and you go, "That's interesting."
2: <laughs> this—it's fun to do as well. Yeah. I just want to say it's not. Oh my gosh, there's this huge, great scientific experience experiment you've got homework. to do with your dog. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, no, it's fun. Do it with a you know, m- member of your family. You're, you're going to learn a lot about it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to anyway, try it. Talk I'm excited about
1: it. I love it. So what would be really cool is to get Dr. Hare on our hotline, and then we can talk to him about I'd, I'd love to know how he devised it and just to get some general ideas and see what's going on. So maybe what I'll do is I'll try and get Barnsley on it first too. And if people at home listening or whatever want to do it, then we can get some insight from Dr. Hare. And um, speaking of uh, training cue of the week um, I know you're talking about recall yes and when
2: you say recall what does that mean does that mean come teaching your dog to come to you <gasps> that's what we're, we're starting a new cue cue of the week okay and I think it's really important to highlight different cues that we use with our dogs different vocabulary and um, the most important cue and I call them cues now I don't use commands mm-hmm. I don't like that word but the m- most important cue you use with your dog is the the come cue the recall why because it's purely for safety Mm -hmm. and it's hard though because especially if you have a dog that is loves chasing things Mm -hmm. or becomes kind of so into what it's doing when it's outside that it blocks everything else out or just doesn't want to come back to you because it knows when it comes back to you it's going to be put on the leash and taken home and it doesn't want to do that, you know, you're, you, you've got to use, you've, you've got to, you've got to perfect your recall because it's because this is dangerous. Right. Um, And that's why I think we should talk about it. That's
1: good. Excuse me, because, um, believe it or not, so it was raining last night and I didn't get to take my dogs outside, you know. It's hard to walk them or take them outside. So, um, I've decided because you're my inspiration at home when we can't go out, we're going to do training inside because it's fun. They get treats. It's active. So I separated the dogs and that's what I worked on is come because, um, cashmere doesn't come and Barnsley, uh, just doesn't get it. So good. So it worked a little bit in my house, but tell me what I'm doing wrong and tell me how I need to translate this now outdoors.
2: Okay doesn't matter whether your dog's a puppy or an adult dog. You start the recall inside the house. So you get it really good inside the house. And when the dog is coming to you on a regular basis, then you can take it outside to an area where there's more distractions, such as your backyard. Mm-hmm. And then if you are able to get to an off-leash area, make sure that you only have your dog off the leash when the recall cue is really good Mm -hmm. because the worst thing you can do is to keep calling your dog and your dog not come to you, ignoring that special word. And the way that I charge the word up is I find whatever motivates the dog the most whether that be the jackpot reward of the tasty chicken or the favorite toy or the game of tug, something that your dog absolutely loves. Sometimes dogs, certainly dogs with high prey drive or chase drive, love squeaky toys, for example. Mm-hmm. So I find mm-hmm. that, and that's, again, another thing that Dognition can help you with is to, hey, is my dog chase motivated? Is is that—is my dog prey motivated? Is that really going to get my dog going? That's just, you know, a segue into mm-hmm. understanding how dog could help you. But, um, and then I charge it up. So I, that the dog only gets the jackpot reward or the great toy or the game or the, whatever when it comes to me. Now, when your dog just walks over to you of its own volition, reward your dog. Even if you don't have all the food and everything, say good boy or good girl. Always mark that dog's decision to come to you. But when you're teaching the word, if if you're using the word come, make sure that you really charge it up so that by the time you get outside when there are more distractions you can use it. Here's the thing. What happens is that when people go outside let's say they're taking the dog to the dog park. Mm -hmm. Dog's having a great time playing with other dogs and then they call the dog to them. Dog's not going to come to them. Don't go too fast too quickly. Don't expect that call cue to work in a dog park if you haven't really done your homework at home and in the backyard and in a place where there's less distractions and also be aware when your dog's playing there will be a time during play that there is a little bit of time when the dogs will just stop Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a second sometimes it's a couple of seconds sometimes it's maybe Half a minute or a minute. That's the time you call your dog to you. Not when your dog's in full play. Mm-hmm. Because then you get you're just devaluing the word and your dog's not going to listen to you. Your dog's playing. So wait for that lull before you call. And it doesn't matter whether you call your dog 100 times to you. When your dog comes on the 101st time, you praise your dog. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do is tell your dog off when it comes to you because, of course, then it's going to say, hey, I'm not going to come to you. Why would I? You tell me off. Also, don't put the dog on the leash when the dog comes to you. Do this. Call your dog come to come to you. Favorite reward, reward, jackpot reward, send it on its way again. Call to come to you, jackpot reward, send it on its way. Call to come to you, then put on the leash. So you kind of fool the dog. So the dog doesn't think, each time I come to her, I get the leash put on and my fun stops. Be more motivating. Be really motivating when you call your dog. Be exciting. Don't just stand there and slap your thighs and expect your dog to run over to you. Run away from your dog. Lots of dogs, especially if a dog has high chase drive, will like to chase. Mm -hmm. All of these things you can go and find on youtube.com slash eHowPets. Then search the channel for Recall and you'll be able to see a video of the Recall.
1: I have to look to see if I was doing it last night. In my, It actually does work because I started it. They, my, my dogs love the tasty American cheese that my husband loves so much. <clears throat> I mean, I just break it up into tiny, tiny pieces. I don't have to get a lot because I don't want them to get fat because I wanted to do it over and over again. And I would do it in a small, like, you know, I put them in a sit and wait. And then I would walk to the other side of the kitchen and then they would come. And then each time I got further and further till I got to the point last night where I was able to go around the corner mm-hmm. where they couldn't see me. Mm-hmm. And then I counted to like five and then I called and they came. So I, it's, it's, it does work because that's what you taught me. So I'm going to have to look to see. We haven't gone outside and it's going to take a while, but that's my rainy day activity. So I think, and of course uh, if
2: you've got multi dogs, <clears throat> excuse me, do it with one dog as you're doing by themselves. Yeah before you put them together and then realize that when you are outside and you've got multi dogs outside, there's that, all that sort of that group mentality that they want to go off and discover and hunt. And it makes it even harder for you. And
1: yeah, what was harder, why I couldn't do the two is because when you have treats too, you know, it's hard to work with one while the other one's going, I want that, I want that. And I tried doing them both at the same time and this one's looking at this one and then this one moves around and yeah, it doesn't work that way. Good luck. Thanks. Let's jump right into the Let's Embarrass and Humiliate Holly segment.
0: Open your notebook, sharpen your pencil, and get ready. You're about to attend Victoria's Animal Academy.
1: Okay, sorry, I keep, I'm getting over this horrible cold, so forgive me for that. You've been really uh, sick. I'm better now, though. And, um, so much so that I was able to do some homework and I'm going to give you a quiz this oh, week, gosh. just because you're jet lagged and you're tired. I'm and I think so, think.
2: I'm look, look at me. I'm glad nobody can, I'm glad <laughs> this is <a> podcast; nobody <laughs> can actually see what I look like. Little do you know, I snapped pretty. a photo on my oh, phone my gosh, and I'm kidding. kidding. No way.
1: Okay. So I'm going to give you, there's 10 questions. Mm-hmm. Please play along at home. Um, and it's going to be, it's on pets, all kinds of pets. Um,
2: so I'm not going to look really dumb when I don't know the answer.
1: Well, I don't know because you know, all the dog stuff and you know, a lot of the cat stuff. So we're kind of changing it up. There are some cat and dog questions in here. For instance, the first one, you ready? What is the most, it's multiple choice. I'm making it easier on you. Okay. What is the most popular breed of cat? The Persian, the Russian blue, the Siamese or the Maine
2: Coon? Maine Coon. That's what I thought. And it's not? the Persian. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Of the
1: 41 breeds recognized by the Cat Fanciers Association, the Persian is the most popular. The second most popular is Maine Coon. Then exotics, then ragdolls, then sphinxes.
2: Huh. I said Maine Coon because my cat, Angelica. Oh. God rest her soul. Was a Maine Coon.
1: My cat, Lucy, who died, was a Maine Coon. No. Not to say that Maine Coons die unusually early, but they... No, she yeah. lived a long life. Oh. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Second question. Which pets communicate by chirping? Would it be the hermit crab, the goldfish, the corn snake, or the rabbit?
2: <laughs> a hermit crab chirping. Seriously? <clears throat> Excuse me. What would it be? Don't corn go for the goldfish. corn snake.
1: It, it actually is the hermit crab. It chirps. What? Okay. Now, despite their names, they're they're found in colonies of a hundred or more in the wild. And that's how they communicate to each other. I know. Who is a hermit crab as a pet? Hermit crabs chirp. Well, I never. See? You learn something new on the podcast. I absolutely have. All right. Here's your third question. What does piebald fur mean? Does it mean all white, a tabby, spotted, or solid
2: color? What was this? It's not all white. Tabby, spotted, or solid color.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Piebald is two colors. So it wouldn't be a
1: solid color. Very good. Now you've got tabby or spotted.
2: Well, it's tabby, but tabby is tabby more than two colors. You're thinking way too hard. All right. Look. Do you see that? I'm go with your gut. I see. Um. Spotted.
1: Yes. Spotted. Yes. (laughs) It is the signature coat of domesticated animals, by the way, Uh piebald fur. It's an easy target for animals in the wild. So piebald fur may have been prized by humans to differentiate among their livestock. So when you think about Mm -hmm. cows, Mm -hmm. think about that. There you go.
2: Skewbald. What? Excuse me? Skewbald. Skewbald is a tricolor, I think. Three colors. Piebald's two and... There you go. All right. There is no end to my amazing brain. Yes, that's half If I fall asleep, not that this is boring. I'll wake you up. if I fall asleep, you
1: know why. Which popular pet birds are a type of parrot? A canary, a finch, a parakeet, or all the above? Parakeet. Oh, well. Parakeet. Yes. Yes. Also known as Bujid.
2: Budger, butger, budgerigars. Oh, budgerigars. Or budgerigars. Budgie, that's it. Budgerigars. They're small parrots. I used to go visit an old lady with my mother. <laughs> gave her meals on wheels, and um, she had a little budgerigar, pooped everywhere. It was a little budgerigar, and used to. I used to be fascinated going to see this old lady. Used to come and sit on her shoulder. The parrot? That was her, No, it was a budgerigar. It was a budgie, a small thing.
1: Well, that's how they're also known as. It's a parakeet. That's what, according to my quiz from really? National Geographic.
2: Parakeets are different. Oh, well. <coughs> either way, this is it music. A lot. produce is just for those who Just torture kind of you. Music.
1: It's Jeopardy. All right. What percentage of households in U.S. in the U.S. have pets? Twelve percent, thirty percent, sixty-two percent, or ninety percent? Pets in general. I guess it could include the hermit crab and the parakeet. I think it's... Isn't it... If it's all pets, isn't it 62%? Yes. Yeah. 2009-2010 National Pet Owner Survey said 62% or 71.4 million households have at least Mm -mm. one pet. And Americans spend $50 billion on pets in 2010. Wow. Yes. All right. What are sea monkeys? Are they brine shrimp, fish lice... Tongue worms or spider crabs? While you're thinking a little story, so uh, once upon a time, my parents got us sea monkeys. Have you ever had sea monkeys? Have you ever gotten them from the toy store? No. It's like they're little, you know, and then you put the water in and then they come to life and there's just a little plastic top and we had that lovely uh, 1970s shag carpet and my brother picked it up and the whole colony of sea <gasps> monkeys were in the dining room. I have no
2: monkey. idea what sea monkeys are. So
1: they're brine shrimp. Well, there you a go. A tiny type of crustacean. They're unhatched shrimped, shrimp that are packaged when they are in a state of suspended animation called cryptobiosis. How amazing. I know, right? And then when you spill them on the carpet, it's called <laughs> you're going upstairs for the night. <laughs> okay. Which dog breed is considered hypoallergenic? Havanese, Portuguese water dog, or poodle,
2: or all of the above? All of the above. Yes. Now, but there's no real such thing as hypoallergenic. I was just going to say no, that there's not. You're
1: taking my quiz. No Sorry. dog or cat is truly hypoallergenic. Ah, Very well done. No, I'm kidding. Um, and the allergens come from the dander, the saliva, yes. and the urine. Yes. There you go. That's all I know. And I wrote it down. I, I don't know this from being smart. I know this from NationalGeographic.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which pets have become an invasive species in the U.S.? The European rabbit, the cockatiel the
2: Burmese python,
1: or the sugar glider.
2: Oh. Hmm. Oh. All of, I mean, the python's definitely in Florida. But apparently they say it's not as big an issue as it, as, as the media makes it out to be. But is it pythons? It is.
1: Hmm. And imported to Florida from Asia for the pet trade... People end up dumping them in the Everglades because they realize, hmm, not such a good pet after no, all. No,
2: not yes, no. So they have a
1: little uh, Burmese python problem, and there
2: are python-sniffing dogs as well that they're using oh. down in Florida to try and sniff out and these pythons, and so they can get rid of them.
1: Wow, incredible! Yeah. All right, number nine. You only have two more to go, and you're in the home stretch. Where do golden hamsters live in the wild? Central America. The US Great Plains, the African Savannah or the Middle East? Isn't
2: it Central America? No. Darn. African Plains. No. Darn. America. (laughs) No. The last one, Europe. The Middle East. The Middle East. The last one. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even say Europe. She's now hearing
1: things. They originated in Syria and they're actually only found in the wild in the Middle East. Wow.
2: There you go. Probably all being blown up now, poor things. They're in Syria. The last one. Yes.
1: What's another name for the Siamese fighting fish? It's an easy. Goldfish, tetra, beta, or molly? Beta. Yes.
2: We had two betas. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> yes. you so much. We had, uh, we had diamond and Florence. I think diamond outlived Florence. You had to put them in separate? Right? Oh, yeah. They were in separate. Because they live in freshwater aquarium fish
1: tanks. Here's the thing. A friend of mine used to have... I wanted a beta fish, but uh, I feel... Sorry for them because they're lonely. Like, they live by themselves. Exactly. I always felt sorry for them. And so a friend of mine did have a couple of them. And so I felt so badly. I was like, maybe they should put... put and you put them... I put the little tanks next to each other, and they blew up. And you know what's really funny? Not funny, but it's kind of sad. But if you put a mirror in front of one of them, it'll blow up as well. <laughs> That's horrible. That's
2: abusive to a beta fish.
1: On that note, <laughs> uh, speaking of blowing up, let's blow up your website um, with our small dog contest pictures. Who Don't who forget. Is? Send them to us uh, at podcasts at Positively.com. Send us pictures of your small dog. You'll get an autographed uh, book by Victoria. And it's a great book. We want the funny ones. Send us the funny small dog pictures. Make us laugh because we out can March use a laugh. 19. And uh, don't forget, if you're not listening to us on iTunes, you can subscribe on iTunes. Um, just go on iTunes and search for Victoria Stillwell Positively. Uh, that way, if you go take your dogs for a walk, you can download it to your iPod or your iPhone, and you can listen to us as you're walking. And uh, check out Positively.com slash podcasts. If you have any questions for Victoria, dog training questions, send her those questions. Uh, We will answer them for you. We'll do an Ask Victoria next week. So on that note, Snoop Dogg.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at It's Me or The Dog. This Positively podcast has been brought to you by Pets Ad Life, who encourage you to get a pal for your pet. Visit petsadlife.org or the Pets Ad Life Facebook page to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Let's talk pets every week on demand only on PetLiferadio.com.